Coming up on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, a well-known Jeep aftermarket company is in the spotlight. Who is it and just what have they done? And imagine trying to sell your Jeep and this happens. Wait till you hear what happened to this guy in This Week in Jeep. It's all about control and Wrangler talk. Bill goes over a specific device for your Jeep that may completely change the way it drives. We've got a whole bunch more coming up in this show. And don't forget to share the Jeep Talk Show with your friends. Just tell them to go to our website, jeeptalkshow.com. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. It doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps, the show's for you. Josh, Hemi, and myself, oh, and uh, Wendy, are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about... Jeeps. Jeeps! All right, I have an announcement. Uh, drum roll, please. Tammy and I got together, a.k.a. Jeep Mama, and we did an audio test from uh, the RV park in Colorado on shared Wi-Fi. Had about a 15-minute conversation on Skype. Audio was fine. I still think there's going to be a problem when, there, when the Netflix uh, people are, are watching around Showtime, but Tammy will be back for the show next week, so it's going to be two boys and two girls and I think we're going to do some tag team wrestling. What do you think? I think it's exciting. Let's try it. <laughs> yeah, like, I've got a I've got a Jello only rider in my contract. I don't know if you saw that or not. So just keep that in mind. Is that the one with the carrots in it? It's been a long time since I right. saw that. Hello, uh, you know me as Tony, but the government knows me as Test Subject Three Two Nine Z Beta Red Thirty Two Hut. That's where he went. Get him. <laughs> hey, I'm Josh, <laughs> and boy, what a week it's been. Howdy, it's Wendy, and I hate mice, and their nest in the engine compartment. Oh, they're not bad when they get toasty and you got some crackers. Oh, no. I wish they were. <laughs> Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, big congratulations go out to Genrite. Genrite Off-Road today announced that their race vehicle, the Terramoto, which is Italian for earthquake, has officially been recognized as the first ever first full-bodied street-legal four-door Jeep Wrangler to finish the 4400 Unlimited class at the world's toughest single-day off-road race, the 2020 Nito King of the Hammers, powered by Optima Batteries. The race, which takes place on some of the most brutal terrain in Johnson Valley, California, consists of three different laps. Lap 1 was 77 miles of desert racing. Lap 2 was 67 miles of desert racing and 11 rock-crawling trails. And lap three was 69 miles of desert racing and 13 rock crawling trails. 105 of the world's top drivers from around the world came to race each other and compete for the title of 2020 King of the Hammers. You want to know how tough this race really is? Well, in the 12-year history of King of the Hammers, less than one-third of the participants actually even finish. Yeah, it's like that. Now, Genrite almost wasn't able to participate in this event. With the build wrapping up last minute, the Genrite team got the Jeep officially entered just eight weeks prior to the scheduled start of the week-long event. The Terramoto is built from all off-the-shelf parts that either Genrite or its partners manufacture, and any Jeep Wrangler owner can buy them right now, today. And yes, that means even guys like you and me. So if you wanted to, you could literally turn your JKU into a King of the Hammers competition race-ready race vehicle using all off-the-shelf parts 
just like Genrite did. That will change the face of off-road competition. You mark my words. Now, in this particular race, teams are given just 14 hours to complete all three torturous laps. Owner and driver Tony Pellegrino and his co-driver Nick Rapinich of Chico, California started 86th and battled their way through the rough desert terrain and rock crawling trails to finish 32nd out of a total of 145 vehicles that completed the race. The Genrite off-road built Jeep Wrangler finished two and a half hours before the end of the race was called. That alone is what garnered them the title of first ever. But the bragging rights don't stop there. Genrite's Jeep also finished ahead of 73 purpose-built 4,400 unlimited class race vehicles. Nanana boo boo. I think this finishes any debate about whether or not Jeep is king of the off-road. So let's get into the good stuff out there for all the gearheads out there. The 2014 JKU that they started with was equipped with Genrite off-road aluminum bumpers, fenders, and rocker guards. And despite the miles of rocks and desert this Jeep faced, the Terramoto's armor sustained very little damage, with the exception of the rocker guards from a trail called Hell to Pay on the final lap. I guess that's what they say is true. You gotta pay to play. Generite Off-Road designed and built an all-new kit to make a Jeep Wrangler JKU pass the scrutiny of King of the Hammers tech inspections, which included the additional two-inch uh, additions to two-inch uh, tubing, two-inch tubing diameter for the roll cage, uh, the Generite Off-Road roll cage that is, a bladdered fuel cell, and catch cans for fluids in the event of a rollover. Genrite's elite suspension featuring Fox shocks and Curie Enterprise axles allowed the suspension to work absolutely flawlessly, even at speeds in excess of 105 miles per hour across Emerson Dry Lake Bed. And when it came time to slow things down and navigate through the insane rock trails such as Bender Alley, Wrecking Ball, Outer Limits, and Chocolate Thunder, the Jeep did what Jeeps do best and crawled better than most. The entire build list of this off-the-shelf race Jeep, which I warn you, is like reading Jeep porn, and the gallery of high-definition uh, pics aren't bad either. It can all be found on Genrite's website. Now, we'll, of course, have the link in the description of this episode at jeeptalkshow.com so you can check it out for yourself. Well, that's just damned exciting. Now, I think you said there was a time limit on this. This wasn't a 30-day trip uh, across the desert, was it? I mean, no, no, they actually no, completed <laughs> in regular time? Because I think yeah, I could yeah. do it in 30 days. 14 hours, Tony. Okay. 14 hours that's one of the is, is all they get. And that, I mean, there's yeah, a lot insane. of miles in, in there. And not, not just, I mean, we're, we're talking three laps of, you know, over 65 miles each uh, of desert racing. And then you throw in uh, a different sections of rock crawling trails, 11 different trails that you have to navigate in one lap, and 13 uh, different rock crawling trails in another. And, and trust me, these aren't just little rocks that you got to navigate. I mean, we're talking about Volkswagen-sized boulders, people. At, you know, gigantic two-foot uh, diameter boulder fields that just you know go on for for just hundreds of yards. So, I mean, this is uh, seriously serious, uh, about as tough as terrain as it gets in the planet. So, and these guys are racing across it. So, yeah, this this takes not only uh, the gear to navigate that kind of stuff. But also uh, the 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 driving skills and the seat time to properly navigate through that stuff safely as well. So a uh, big uh, big congrats out to Genrite uh, for doing what they did. Well, this is a timed event too. I mean, uh, you, whoever got, does it fastest is you know wins or places properly. Well, when two thirds of the field isn't even gonna finish. I mean, it yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not it's not just a finish race though. It's it's a timed thing. No, because I'm it, thinking a 14 time, hour yeah. race. I'm really surprised this event isn't uh, sponsored by Depends because Depends would be very important in the timing because, you know, I mean, I guess you could just pee as you go, but after a while, that's going to be kind of smelly. 
Yeah, I'm not sure uh, about how all that stuff works in the race uh, in, in these sort <laughs> but of races. Aren't you but, curious though? I mean, the 14 well, hours, you, you know, imagine. there's going to be a lunch break, a few pee breaks, and, no, and God help you. Gotta there's the guys got to drink. God help you if you got to poop. You know. <laughs> well, and they, they've got to refuel. And and no, Wendy's right. There are regular pit stops. These vehicles do need tire changes. They do need refueling. They do need fluids topped off. Uh, I can't and, go. And if the it's drivers tire need to be changes. swapped out too. You cannot do 14 straight hours of off-road racing. I don't care how physically fit you are in you're gonna flight have to refueling out in yeah. flight refueling with sticks well, you know with sandwiches and drinks you know as <laughs> yeah yeah drones and, and corn dogs <laughs> yes, yeah, i'm sure that's drones. what could possibly go wrong <laughs> here's your delivery slow down and, so and then you understand you. <laughs> and then you understand why the driver has a mo haircut from the, the drone yeah. deliveries <laughs> timely reference josh <laughs> well maybe this is going to be a lesson in how not to sell your jeep the owner of the vehicle had parked his 2001 Jeep Wrangler in the parking lot because he was trying to sell it, something I personally see almost every day. It would be private sellers trying to get as much attention to their vehicle for sale by parking it near an arterial road in a large parking lot. Heck, maybe even you've done this yourself to sell a rig before. Maybe not ever again after hearing what happened next. The owner, who checked on the vehicle Monday evening, checked on it again as he was driving by Tuesday because he apparently felt something might be wrong with it. You know, spidey senses tingling and all that sort of stuff. As he pulled into the parking lot, the owner of the Jeep noticed that somebody had cut a hole in the back plastic window, and as he approached, he allegedly saw somebody sleeping inside of his Jeep. Oh, oh thank please. God. My goodness. <laughs> They're still there. <laughs> police were, of course, dispatched to a call of a possible vehicle theft in progress at the parking lot of Lewiston's now-shuttered Kmart. Upon arriving, officers opened the door of the Jeep, and 21-year-old Tyron Taylor was woken up and placed in handcuffs. During a subsequent search of Taylor, police allegedly, allegedly found rings and other jewelry in his pockets, as well as a baggie of powder that later, later tested positive for, you guessed it, methamphetamine. The owner of the Jeep told police that a CB radio and an amplifier were missing from the vehicle, and that there was a duffel bag on the front seat that did not belong to him. And in the duffel bag, police allegedly found clothing and keys that belonged to the vehicle owner and others. Police then contacted a burglary victim whose old coins and jewelry had been taken. The burglary victim identified a debit card that was also alleg allegedly found in the duffel bag that belonged to her deceased husband. The man who vandalized and broke into the Jeep is charged with burglary, criminal possession of a financial transaction card, and possession of methamphetamine. All felonies. Taylor was also charged with three misdemeanors, unlawful entry, providing false information to police, and malicious injury to property. Nez Pierce uh, Magistrate Judge Michelle Evans set bond at $35,000 because Taylor, having three prior felony convic convictions in addition to all of this, in Washington back in October, including bail jumping, thought that it might be a good idea to keep him behind <laughs> bars. At least for now. At or least in a Jeep. Yeah, at least uh, a criminal like this is off the streets for now. Hopefully the justice system can make an example of this individual and get them the help that they need. And hopefully this will give you something to consider as you make a leap to sell one Jeep to get another. I mean, at the end of the day, that is the only allowable reason to sell a Jeep, isn't it? Huh? See, selling a Jeep is bad mojo. You shouldn't do it ever. You should ever keep every Jeep that you've ever owned because you're going to be sad that you got <laughs> okay, rid of Jensen. it. Okay, Jensen. Okay, <laughs> Jensen. Oh, oh my man. gosh. <laughs> 
Yeah, Jensen. I haven't heard from Jensen in a long time. I wonder nah, if he's still collecting old, Jeeps. Yeah, that's some old inside baseball right there. Sorry, folks. We uh, had a guy uh, back in the forum days uh, who uh, he. I think he had a genuine addiction to buying Jeeps. I think at one point he owned like thirteen or fourteen of them. Uh, wow. God knows where he put them. Living in a two bedroom apartment. So yeah. No, I'm kidding. I think he had some stairway. <laughs> <laughs> no, he had a wow. like he had like a garage. I mean, not a a working garage, but he had like a, a garage where he he would work on those things. I still remember that TJ that he got that was wrecked, and uh, he was doing all the body work and got that thing all ship shape and got the axle straightened back out. It was a sweet job. I, I just. I, I, th- I think he actually would sell one occasionally, but that was probably because his wife was. I don't making think he ever it. had less than ten. No, no, no. <laughs> it was so interesting. Watch, you know, the post on the xjtalk dot com forum. Uh, but yeah, it was like I, I can't remember. We had a little thing that we would play back in the old show about uh, Jensen. Uh, he has uh, has a G problem, like old ladies have cat problems. They just too many <laughs> something along those lines. <laughs> Oh, so you know, so you know, I thought it was interesting that uh, Mr. Taylor, the 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 person that had uh, broke into the Jeep, actually said he had never slept better uh, in a vehicle. The Jeep was great. Never driven one, but it slept great. I forget, sir. How about a Jeep? <laughs> now, now, let me ask you both this, Wendy. You probably, uh, being a female, you may not do this, but uh, I've never slept in the Jeep yet. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I'm, I wasn't going that direction. Um, but if I came upon my Jeep that had been vandalized and there was a person in it sleeping in it, I think I would drag their ass out and beat the hell out of them and then call the police. What about he came you? right at me. He was coming right oh, yeah. for me. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. He's groggy. Look at all the weaponry he had in his hand. <laughs> no, no i'm serious i mean you've seen the stickers uh don't put your uh booger hooks on my jeep and uh don't touch my jeep don't sit. and these people that just think it's okay to lean on your jeep or sit on uh, sit on it I, like, you know i, don't I understand think it's one those of those people. things to where you know it, it, once the guy's in handcuffs and you got the officers there this and everything before and, you and call you the just, cops no no but here's here's what i'm saying though here's what i'm saying though is is that if for some reason, this 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 thought process doesn't cross your brain cells until after the person is in handcuffs, and you have you know a, a moment in time to confront them. As the police, you know, uh, here is this guy, is this the individual that you saw inside of your jeep? You know <laughs> that, that sort of thing. Oh, why well, yes, he is, officers. And oh my God, what's that in the sky over there? And as they turn around and look, you just clock the guy real <laughs> now, hard. Now see, okay. when they're in handcuffs and you punch them, that's just bad form. That's really bad. Really I mean, bad. If they're all drugged out, you know, and can't defend themselves, it's completely different. <laughs> or, or just groggy from a good nap. I think that they might let you have a cheap shot. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. That's just <laughs> proper police work. That's police right, work from the fifties. That's just good protecting and serving right there. <laughs> Well, if you've got a news tip or response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know what you got to say by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and to find out how to reach out. Hey, coming up a little bit later in the show, we've got an interview with Keith. He's one of the top organizers for the big Lone Star Jeep, event, Jeep Invasion event coming up in March. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. One man. It's with this guy. Who is he? One mission. Who are we talking about? Who is this guy? Who are you? One model of Jeep. What is this? The Wrangler. Who are you? Call me Bill. It's Wrangler Talk with Bill. Hello, JTS listener, and on this week's Wrangler Talk, I'm going to be talking about a very common question that I get whenever someone gets into my Jeep, Big Red. 
And that question is, what is that white and silver box that's on your center console? Well, everyone, that is where I mounted the controller box for my throttle controller. And then that prompts the next question of, what's a throttle controller? Well, throttle controller is a small little computer that sits between your pedal and your throttle body. And on our newer, fancier Jeeps, we have a drive-by-wire throttle pedal setup, meaning that the throttle and our throttle body is actually electronically controlled by a pedal sensor, not even, it, it, yeah, it's a sensor that's in your pedal now, that sends a signal to your ECM, which controls your throttle body. Yeah, really cool stuff. But also... It actually allows us to do this kind of fun little thing where we place a computer between our pedal and our ECM and the throttle body itself, and we can electronically alter the signal that is going from our pedal to our throttle body, which is kind of pretty cool. But... um. Yeah, so that is one of the benefits of having this drive-by-wire system. One of the disadvantages is that it's electronic, and it's not a cable that runs straight from your pedal to your throttle body. Some people like it, some people don't like it. That's a different conversation. But a throttle controller is a device that has a preloaded set of throttle curves, meaning that it's basically a uh, graphical representation of how quickly your throttle body will open through the range of your pedal. So there's five different throttle curves on my specific throttle controller. There is an ultimate, a sport slash towing mode, a cruise mode, and an eco mode. And then there's finally the automatic mode, which constantly switches between the previous four modes that I that I talked about. So each of the modes in the throttle curve is different. For example, the ultimate mode, the throttle curve is much steeper, meaning that as I depress the pedal, the throttle body is going to open quicker as I depress my pedal. And then vice versa for the eco mode. The eco mode is much more of a gradual kind of climb in the throttle curve, so it takes more of depressing the pedal for the throttle body to open. Basically, it just makes your acceleration kind of quicker, in a way, just by altering the signal that runs from your pedal to your throttle body. And needless to say, I probably don't use the automatic mode much, but I do actually really like my throttle controller in general because it basically just gives me a different, uh, it gives me more control over my throttle itself. And sometimes I want to have more of a peppy, you know, kind of throttle. So I'll put it in the, you know, sport mode, or even if I really want to just kind of get after it, I put it in the ultimate mode and then vice versa. If, you know, I'm just driving down the highway and not really doing much and kind of cruising along, I'll put it in the eco mode. So, you know, it does take a little bit longer for, you know, to get up to speed. If you're looking to pass somebody, I would definitely recommend switching it back to a different mode. And there's different things that, you know, different settings and things like that you can have on your throttle controller when you purchase one itself. 
So it's kind of a matter of, you know, whatever you like, whatever you your driving style is, you'll be able to figure out how you want to set up your throttle controller itself. Um, I personally use the Hikit X9 throttle controller and love it. And there's actually plenty of other throttle controllers out on the market too. Um, but I would recommend the Hikit X9. It's a good one. There's also the iDrive um, and then a couple other companies have different throttle controllers out there. So thank you for listening to this week's Wrangler Talk. And remember, if you have any questions or comments, head over to the jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us an email or leave us a voicemail. And we would be glad to help you with any questions you may have about the Jeep world in general. So thank you and talk to you next week on the Wrangler Talk. And Tony, now they even come in red. Now, just yes. in case you wanted to, you know, color coordinate your controller with uh, with your Jeep, as it were. Now, now give me an old fashioned throttle cable any day of the week. I'm I've really never been a fan of the whole drive by wire thing. I'm I'm old school. I love the connection. I love feeling the road through the wheels. I love feeling everything through the cables and the interconnection of all the controls and everything like that. And all this drive-by-wire technology, I'm sure it's great, it's interesting, it's, you know, all that sort of stuff, and, you know, development and progression and all that sort of stuff, but I think we're getting away from, you know, the roots of off-roading and and having that connection to not only Mother Nature and the outdoors, but the trail beneath your tires, too, so... I don't know. Too much disconnection for me with the drive-by-wire stuff, but uh, but no, cool tech nonetheless. And now it's time for some Radio Com Tech. This is John, and so far on Radio Com Tech, we've covered CB and GMRS FRS. Today, we're going to talk about a couple lesser-known options. MERS, or multi-use radio service, are handheld radios that operate on five channels in the 151 and 154 MHz frequency range with up to 2 watts and no license is required. You are allowed to use an external antenna with the MERS radio, so they can be set up to use while mobile. The most common manufacturer of MERS radios seems to be Bofang Tech, Motorola, Terra, and Dakota Alert. Some external antennas to consider would be the Laird QWB-152. Firestick also makes a MERS antenna, surprisingly and the Comet CA-2x4SR ham radio antenna seems to be wide-banded enough to have reasonable SWR on the MERS frequencies. Some businesses may also use MERS frequencies, so if you're using one in the metro area, you may encounter some uh, brief interference. And for your listening pleasure, Walmart often uses MERS Channel 5. PLMRS, or Private Land Mobile Radio Service, also commonly referred to as Business Band, with the most common operations on 30 to 50 MHz, 150 to 174 MHz, and 450 to 470 MHz. A license is required, though there isn't a test. The license can cost about $260, it is good for 10 years, and covers your group, entity, or organization. Power output can vary from 1 watt to hundreds of watts, depending on your need and what you are granted by the FCC. The frequency range is not open for your use. You'd be assigned a frequency or a number of frequencies to use. The license also does not cover you anywhere you want to go. The frequencies are coordinated as to not cause interference to other licensed users, and your license frequencies will only be good for a specific geological location. This would be best for a dedicated group who frequents the same areas often or who partake in search and rescue or recovery efforts. Another option that is becoming more popular are race radios, which Tony touched on recently. There are companies advertising race radios that operate on off-road or race frequencies. 
There are no dedicated race or off-road frequencies. These radios are programmed with business band frequencies used by teams in the Baja racing circuit, and as I just mentioned, would need a business band license. Using these frequencies wherever you want could cause interference to other licensed users from many businesses, school, state, county, city, police, fire, and emergency services. That's all for this go-around. Stay tuned to the next Radio Comtech for information on ham radio. Well, that's good. He answered the question because I, I was wondering about that. That if you, even if you have a business license, uh, which uh, um, oh, I'm brain farting on the the manufacturer uh, now. Uh, rugged, rugged, rugged. Yeah, rugged, yeah. That rugged actually has. Um, it, it's only allowed in certain geographical locations. Because I was con- con- thinking about the if they're if they're uh, available for multiple services. How do you know what service is available in the area? But if you're only licensed for a certain area, then it makes sense. Yeah. You know, uh, he's looking in the show notes, uh, seeing the the MERS, the M U R S multi use radio service notes in here, and, and I, I I don't know my my sci fi brain goes into into a different mode, and I can't help but think about you know MERVs, you know you know you know the uh, you know multiple uh, warhead uh, yes re- yeah, re- yeah, re- yeah yeah Mer- yeah so and, and MERV so Griffin I, yeah oh well okay that's a much <laughs> different level of deadly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just one of those things that kind of goes through my head. So yeah, it's yeah, it, it's sneak, sneak peek inside Josh's brain there for you. The acronyms just, are yeah. very strange. Just for a quick moment. Yeah. Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, how to remotely disable your Jeep's battery for storage or to prevent theft. Are you living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. Hey, Tony and Josh, it's Jeep Mama in beautiful, sunny, snow-peaked mountain, Colorado. We're here in the valley, the San Luis Valley, just outside of Del Norte, moving into our new shop. Um, and Neil and I are going to be celebrating the Jeep life this year. That's our adventure. And I wanted to share that with everyone. The main focus of this adventure is sharing other people's Jeep lives, other people's stories, um, other vendors, those small little mom and pop vendors. And that's what we want to focus on because we met so many of them on our last adventure. We thought we would share that with you, this adventure. So our first planned trip is Kingman, Arizona, March 17th through the 20th. We will be wheeling there in Kingman, Arizona. We will be primitive camping on the public lands. And then we're going to head to Mojave Road in California, where we're having our first fan ride. It's our West Coast fan ride. And we would love for you to join us. We're just going to be wheeling and camping Mojave Road, two nights and three days of wheeling. You can meet us that Saturday morning um, somewhere outside of Bullhead City. We haven't decided an exact location yet, uh, but we would love to have you and then we will be heading straight to Moab, Utah for Easter Jeep Safari, my first time there. I'm a little nervous because I don't do crowds. Um, so if you're going to be at Easter Jeep Safari, please, please reach out to me. I'd love to meet you. And we also will be attending Overland West, which is in Flagstaff, Arizona, I believe. And then Overland Mountain West in Loveland, Colorado. And then hopefully Overland East back there on the East Coast in Virginia. And we'll be doing stuff in between all those, planning an East Coast ride too. But it all depends on the funding we get. Um, We're working on that right now. And as you know, I'm still looking for a job. 
old white women who have a big hole in their resume have a hard time finding a job. I even got rejected for cleaning hotel rooms. Um, So anyway, I would love for your support. You can help at patreon.com slash jeepmama. And you'll also get special not seen anywhere else except for on Patreon. Um, special videos, posts, a little more up close and personal. We get your advice on what you think we should be doing. Um, and you can ask us questions and we'll answer them as truthfully as we can. And um, we are also sharing, like I said, other Jeepers stories, because that's the cool thing out there that we found on our last journey. We met up with Terry Gillette. He runs the Jeep Rescue League and he's rescuing Vintage Jeeps, one Jeep at a time. I just recently posted a video on YouTube. Um, We met up with BC Vintage Jeeps. He also buys, sells, and trades vintage Jeeps, and he finds them and saves them. And the cool thing about Colorado is you can find these Jeeps from 1941, the 40s and the 50s, in pristine condition. No rust. It doesn't rust. Nothing rusts here in Colorado. It's got like a special dirt or something. I don't know. (laughs) Actually, I do know. It's the dry climate here. So, and then we're going to be seeking out vendors and going into their shops and showing you who's making the stuff that you're buying, who's behind the company. Um, We plan on going to see Tom Woods, Sean up there in Ogden, Utah, and just whoever else we find along the way. So follow us on my Facebook page. You can follow us on YouTube Just search Jeep Mama and you'll find all my stuff there. Um, I hope you support us. That would be awesome. So we can share more stories and meet more people and just have a good time meeting you guys. And Tony, speaking of, you know, meeting people, I heard you're kind of a big deal now. That's so exciting. I've always been a big deal. Uh, He's it's somebody. Just, it's just He's somebody. other people <laughs> finding it out is the is the important thing. <laughs> she had not listened to uh, episode uh, 424. And if you haven't listened to it, you need to go back and, uh, and hear it. Uh, but I was talking about when I met uh, Norma of the uh, Mitch and Norma on Facebook and how excited she was to, to meet somebody uh, from the Jeep Talk Show. And, of course, I thought it was me. And it turned out that she was excited because she knew Tammy. And uh, Tammy thought that was really funny, and I told her she had to go and uh, listen to that because I thought it was hilarious. Well, how does Tammy's Jeep Lab compare with yours? We're always looking for Jeep stories, and so is she. So contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to reach out. Hey, are you a Jeeper who likes to take their top off? If so, find out where the best place to go topless is with Mitch in Jeep Weather, coming up a little bit later in the show. So, Josh, I, I reached out to our uh, the the person that sent this uh, next voicemail because uh, he okay. never he never says his name. We always refer to him as Boardwalk Billy because he always <laughs> had to have those events. And uh, yeah. his name is Travis. So Travis, yeah, there you go. So now uh, we can put a name to a uh, name to a voice. Know him very well. He calls in uh, several times, and uh, we've uh, uh, promoted things for him, uh, the Boardwalk Billy thing. And uh, we, I was always brain farting on his name. So now I, I think I think we'll remember. Well, there's there's no guarantees. I mean, <laughs> Jeep Talk Show, it's amazing. Hey guys, listening today. Well, I didn't listen to your show today. I kind of was busy with the grind. Uh, I had to get caught up 
on it because I had a three-hour drive to and from work. Doesn't happen anymore. Just random X, whatever. Long story <laughs> short, listen to Tony's episode. Great guest speaking, but I'll tell you right now, at age 30, I was blind, and the sound was horrible. <laughs> I can deal with some bad vision. I can deal with some horrible TV and non-HD and just tear it up. Sound, horrible. Your show, credit. Brian will get it because that show was fantastic, is amazing, and does a great job. I've always supported him. He's a local North Carolina boy like myself, and I support it. Tony did a great job on the show. Looking forward to hearing about different things I heard from that. One of those, the call-in episode. You see, got to have enough fans that people call in. I'm not going to do it every day. But yet, I have a day off. I'm drinking. I'm going to call in. I'm going <laughs> to shut up. I'm going to talk. Love Hoping this. When that happens, yeah, he's hilarious. Do the things I sent your way. Hope it all works out. Guys, do a fantastic job. I'm going to continue drinking. Giddy up. Bye. <laughs> no, actually, and Travis has been a uh, he's been a little bit of a staple of the show. Been calling yes. in for years, promoting the, uh, promoting the uh, the events that he's been involved with and and has been organizing, and events that have been going to uh, good causes and stuff as well. Absolutely. Uh, sounds like he's recently uh, sort of relocated, uh, kind of. Uh, switched areas a little bit, and so he's going to try and get something like what he was doing with Boardwalk Billy's uh, back in the day, up going in his new location, and hopefully uh, we can hear some more good stuff from Travis in the future. And Travis, thank you very much for uh, the suggestions that you wrote into the show a little while back. Uh, some stuff we're actually going to be trying to work on uh, in the uh, in the coming months. So uh, thanks again for the contributions. Really appreciate it. Now, uh, Travis was actually talking about uh, when I was on uh, uh, episode 13 of the Route 16 Grind uh, show. And, uh, Josh, I pointed out to you whenever I, I heard my audio on there and it was, uh, it was distorted and just didn't sound good at all. Well, I didn't know what he was talking about at first. I yeah, was like, that's what, what it was. Did Tony show up on like some daytime TV show or something? The I View. Like, I, I was on The View. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but anyway, he was, uh, it was funny cause I, I, you know, I, I didn't hear back from Brian cause I th- figured Brian was going to contact me and say, Oh, sorry oh, about your sabotage. audio. Yeah. Sorry about the audio. I, I don't know what happened and I didn't hear anything from him. So I finally reached out to him. I said, dude, what happened to my audio? Hey, and he says, on, man. he says, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> not that bad <laughs> not that bad oh it was horrible it was just horrible so uh, i wasn't gonna say anything about it but uh, since travis was good enough to call in and tell me how bad it was <laughs> oh yeah thanks pal <laughs> i figured i would like, jump in there <laughs> the cat's out of the bag now that's right but uh, you guys uh should go and listen to uh, route 16 grind episode 13 so you can hear just how bad the audio was <laughs> Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've been listening to you guys for free for, I don't know, years now. And I figured, like, time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on, because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little? bit now wendy you may not know about this because uh, you're re- relatively new to the show but some of our longtime listeners probably know that i have an interest in ufo the paranormal and stuff it's just fun it's kind of like junk food stuff to listen to 
And, okay. w- and one of the shows I like listening to is Mysterious Universe. It's a couple of Australian guys, and they talk about, uh, you know, they're paranormal UFOs and things. They charge $9 a month for their weekly episodes. Wow. And I really enjoy their show, and I, 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 I don't mind uh, throwing them some money because of the entertainment value. Uh, and I actually contacted them. I, I, I couldn't swing $9 a month because I thought that was really high. So I sent them a nice little message and said, hey, you know, do you have something less, maybe just a donation thing? And I got a, a pretty hateful, strongly worded message that, do you even know what the exchange rate is between the dollars in the U.S. and Australia? <laughs> <laughs> so I went, hey, I tried. But you guys yeah. can subscribe to this show for a little more than $25 a year. It's only about $2.15 a, uh, $2. a month. Uh, wow. So... <laughs> take that under advisement nine dollars a month love you guys you guys do a great job over there at mysterious universe but come on you got tech questions oh, what do i ever we have answers oh that's good I can, I, it's tech talk with deep talk yahoo you know, it seems like everything has a remote now. Hell, I saw a kid point a device at his shoes the other day, and his <laughs> lights in the soles of his shoes changed colors. So if we have remotes for TVs, ceiling fans, and even tennis shoes, then why not have a remote for your Jeep's battery too, right? Now, you've heard the saying, we're living in an age of excess. And there's certainly an excess of technology out there for virtually any and everything in your life. And your Jeep security is no exception. Back in episode 423, we went over five ways you can disable your Jeep to prevent it from being stolen. And one of the ways was to use what is called a remote-controlled car battery switch. Using RF technology, the device will interrupt the main feed of electricity from your battery to the rest of the Jeep, remotely. As in, from the comfort of your own home. No crawling under the Jeep, no opening the hood, or breaking out any tools even. You don't even have to turn a giant red switch somewhere to make it all happen. All you do is press a button on a remote. These things come as a kit, giving you everything you need to add this into your own Jeep's electrical system, and it's not too hard either. Essentially, you're installing this in line from the battery to the main fuse block or power distribution center. Typically, installation will require removing the battery terminal, cutting the end off, installing a large gauge ring terminal, and then hooking that to one side of the device. The kit will have another battery line for you to install from the device to the battery, and then after securing the device to the firewall or other uh, suitable secure mounting point, you're done. It's really that easy. And for less than 50 bucks and an afternoon worth of work, you can have added a peace of mind that your Jeep will always be where you last parked it. But this isn't all about security, either. This works great for Jeeps that get stored for the better part of the year, only coming out on dry or warm days. This saves the Jeep's battery from going dead over those long periods of no use. Granted, you may still want to have a battery tender on it just in case, but kiss goodbye the days of removing battery terminals to store your Jeep. And if you think, well, how can this work remotely and not suck my battery drier than a limp ball in a sandstorm if it has a remote and it's hooked up to my battery all the time, Mr. Electrical <laughs> Smarty Pants? Well, that's because the device uses a latching relay system and a passive receiver that only activates the prop when the proper signal is sent. So this unit essentially uses zero juice until it is needed to operate. Now, if this sounds like something you may want to explore for your own Jeep, your buggy or resto mod project, hot rod, whatever you got in the driveway or garage, then we're going to have a link for you to get one for yourself. One note, though, 
I have grossly oversimplified the installation procedure for this device, and it may not be the best thing for every Jeep or every project, meaning there may be other or better solutions for your particular situation. And as always, when dealing with the electrical system of any vehicle, be sure to leave it to the professionals if you think it may be outside of your expertise or skill level. Yeah, I've, I've said it before. Uh, you can create a, a nice big fire and uh, it could, that fire could spread to other vehicles, your house, everything else. So you need to be really careful about doing this. And like Josh says, let somebody else do it if you're not comfortable with, uh, with doing it. And at the very least, take responsibility for it. Um, Josh, is this I one of I don't know who burnt down your Jeep. Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> weird. Uh, do you know if this is like a normally closed, you know, like when you have a relay, you have the normally open, normally closed, so that if, if the device is fails or whatever, it, it, it's going to be connected. The default is connected. No, I believe it is is a, a, a latched normally open. Um, and so yeah, so during its its rest resting phase, it is open, essentially disconnecting that that battery system. But when you want to use your Jeep and you know start it and run it and have the battery you know charging and all that sort of stuff, uh, juice flows, it activates and the connection is made and and uh, and it holds it closed there. But it is, again, it's a latching relay system, and so it, it's not oh, like oh, I got you. It doesn't require power to keep right. it in the latch. Got right. You. Yeah. So the, it it once it swings over, once that that the switch inside of it inside the relay moves over to the to the other terminal, it's essentially locked into position until it moves back. Yeah. Zero uh, voltage. And, I see where you're coming zero from. Zero voltage. Yeah. So zero use on that zero drain. Uh, it's really great technology. Very simple technology. It's one of these things like, ah, gee, why didn't I think of that? Uh, but it, it's it, just one of these things to where, you know, somebody put t- uh, two and two together and they got some great apple pie for your battery. So let me ask you this. This sounds like a hmm. great idea, but uh, how can you fix it so that your uh, clock doesn't go to zero uh, uh, and you have yeah, to set it after that? That's <laughs> one of the things right there. That would yeah, be nice so, to figure that one out. Yeah. <laughs> Especially on newer vehicles, when you've got you know you know seat memory and and oh, you know radio station presets yes. and you know all this other stuff, you know the, all these creature comforts and everything like that, you're going to lose all of that. Uh, so I mean, you're you're basically just like removing the battery out of the vehicle. So um, and there really isn't a, a, a bona fide way to um, have this sort of level of security and storage while also maintaining, uh, you know, juice to those kinds of systems w- without obviously compromising one or the other. So, uh, it's just one of those things to where, uh, if you're going to store your Jeep for a while, or if you want this level of security, it's going to come with some compromises. So just be advised. So I was just thinking another side benefit of this is, uh, depending on how long it's disconnected, it's going to clear your uh, check engine light. <laughs> i suppose that's, there's a silver lining that's probably the only thing that won't clear <laughs> <laughs> yeah true uh well you know what would really be cool and i know that this is just pie in the sky type thing but what would really be cool is if you had like a 9 10 volt battery that you could put in there with maybe like 100 amps and then you it switches over to it so uh unless you press the button to latch it back when the the thief gets in there and tries to start it it goes wah and the police goes damn it why did i pick a vehicle that had a dead battery see it's just because when it won't start they look for things to fix (laughs) so next week we're going to go over some other things that will keep somebody from breaking into your jeep to begin with and we've talked about some stuff that uh, will keep your jeep where it's supposed to be and how to store it better uh next week we're going to talk about some stuff to keep them away from even looking at your jeep to as a uh, as a target to begin with Ooh, camouflage 
Yeah, hey, how about that? Anything to add? Maybe you have a question for Tech Doc. What we'd like for you to j- just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. So I thought about doing one of these while I was out at uh, the uh, big Jeep event and uh, just go around and uh, talk to people. I got it's quite, embarrassing. I got a, Well, you know, I'm, I'm new. It's a so. lot of fun, too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, how do you do this whenever they're blaring music at, you know, 600,000 decibels? I guess you just so have to get away from it, right? That's yeah. That's the key is you got it. You got to get away from it and uh, and put your body in between uh, oh, yeah. between them and you know the speakers and and them. But you got you really do have to get uh, a little far out. And uh, e- even with that, I mean, we're only talking about you know a second and a half of audio. Uh, and and sometimes you can you can kind of filter that out. You can do some creative editing and and reduce the presence of of uh, of uh, a sound of uh, of music in the background. Uh, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna try to do something like that uh, at the upcoming uh, uh, Lone Star Jeep Invasion. I well, think it's, that'd be it's fun. a lot of fun, especially when you go up to like you know a group of people and you've got you know two or three Jeep you know Jeep loads of people are all together and so here's these you know five or six people they're all you know kind of conversing around one vehicle and and here comes this guy with his big smile and a mic <laughs> in his hand and that's who the hell is this cat I got to you know, check up and and he's like and his hey. red shirt yeah, it's yeah. Like, hey where, where do you listen to the Jeep talk show at and it's like <laughs> What the hell is that? <laughs> Deer in the headlights, and everybody's kind of <laughs> caught off guard for a second. And then, you know, it's it's all about being approachable and, and that sort of thing. It's like, no wrong answers. Just save the first thing that comes to mind and you know, all that sort of stuff. And that's where we get a lot of this, a lot of those fun answers and stuff from. So that was that was all from uh, one particular show out here in the Northwest, uh, the annual uh, Salem Jeepers Summer Jam uh, happening in uh, my state's capital every year. Uh, it's going to be like what? Geez, the seventh or eighth annual uh, 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 this year. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be attending, so oh, yeah, going to be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, that all came from that event, and uh, I think even a couple kids in there. That oh uh, yeah, uh, I, I love that. Uh, I love that promo. Uh, they were those kids were all over eighteen though, right? Because we can't use their voice otherwise. <clears throat> yes, <laughs> good, one hundred percent sure. <laughs> hey guys, super crack again. I think I've got it. The million-dollar idea that Jeep needs to implement in its next either Wrangler or Renegade Gate or Ultra Compact, whatever, or even their new not a Gladiator, Gladiator, or Gladiator, which I agree with. Tony, it needs bigger tires stock, but once you get bigger tires, man, those those still look good. And I mean, I still have a soft spot for my my Comanches, but that's soft topic anyway. So yeah, but here's what they need: <laughs> drum roll, turn please. Turn the crank. Turn the crank. <laughs> a PTO or power takeoff. 
just think about it. The early CJ twos, threes had it. You could put a plow. You could put an auger. You could sell. You you undercut like all the your manufacturers with it. Four wheel drive. You could power a snow like a snow thrower off of it. You could do anything with it. I mean, you could you could fresh wheat with it. You could move grain. Anything a PTO does, log splitter. We could get all sorts of YouTube videos. There you go. You hear it here, folks. Jeep with the PTO again. Make Jeep great again. Bye. Yeah, take that, Kubota and John Deere. <laughs> you know, I, I misunderstood because I thought he was talking about the the power takeoff being, you know, getting the Jeep moving faster. And I went back, I kind of flashed back to the military, J- I think it's called JADOs, where they had the, the rocket motor assists. <laughs> where they did yes. the short field takeoffs. Yes. And they had these rockets. And then they had some facing the, the opposite way for short field landings. <laughs> Imagine sparking those things up oh, to a stop. Man, that would be wonderful. <laughs> That'd be great for a jump, you know? Snake Canyon. <laughs> no, I, I might be down for a, uh, you know, a little PTO with a trailer-mounted uh, blender attachment. That might work out pretty good for some of the campgrounds. I don't know. <laughs> oh, last week, whenever Super Croc called in, he was uh, talking about, uh, and, and helped me with this on the, the memory, because I didn't look it up before uh, before the show. But mm-hmm. he said that somebody, an old timer, had told him that anytime you get a Jeep Cherokee, an XJ, you need to replace the uh, voltage regulator. And I started laughing because all voltage regulators are internal, whether it be, uh, in my mind, it was either in the alternator uh, and then in the, the PCM. So we had a little back and forth about that, Josh. So I did a little research oh. as promised, and the only answers I could find were on forums. And you know how forums are. Yeah, well. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Who knows for sure? Uh, but it, it, it did uh, dovetail into what I was thinking, what I thought I had uh, learned many years ago. But I reached out to Steve, 4.3 LXJ. I think we, oh, all, yeah. we all trust Steve. And uh, Steve said for the 1984 through 2001 Cherokees that up until the 1997 model, it had internal regulator in the alternator. And mm-hmm. after 97 forward, regulation was handled by the pcm so the alternator if the alternator has an internal regulator uh which i don't think it does it would not be used because the pcm handles that so there's super crack (laughs) (laughs) well really the guy that was telling him to change it so basically the your choices would be either replace the alternator or replace the pcm depending on the year of the uh the Uh cherokee from around the world Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. And uh, we're going to be talking about the Lone Star Jeep invasion tonight. Uh, We're going to be talking to Keith. Keith and his wife, Andrea, have been Jeep enthusiasts for over 10 years. Well, they're just newbies. Uh, While running their business, Jeep and Jewelry, they've traveled coast to coast attending Jeep shows and events. Their love for these shows gave them the idea to start the Lone Star Jeep Invasion. 
Last year's event was extremely successful, donating $8,500 to local charities and over 1,650 pounds of food to the local food shelter. This year's event will be even bigger and better. If you like more information, you can visit them at the LoneStarJeepInvasion.com or on Facebook. Just uh, do uh, go over to Facebook and, uh, and search for Lone Star Jeep Invasion, and I'm sure you'll find them. Keith, thank you very much for being with us tonight. Thank you for having us, Tony. So let's start off with the goodies. Now, I, I, I've been told, and I think it was Adriana that told me this, that you actually have uh, some uh, some codes or something for us to help our listeners uh, get over there to see your event. Yes, sir. Uh, the vi- event is Friday and Saturday, and we have a promo code for uh, one day or two days. The promo code for a one-day pass is JTS151. The two-day pass is JTS15. And that'll get you 15% off your tickets. Oh, excellent. So now, this is different than last year. It was just a, uh, I guess officially, the the official thing was just one day, uh, which is a Saturday, I believe. But you guys had events on Friday and Sunday as well, kind of wrapped around it. But it wasn't considered the, a multi-day event. Correct. And this this year we have, it's, it's actually starts on Thursday and doesn't end until Sunday. But the main events are Friday and Saturday. So how many years do you think it's going to be before you're like SEMA, where you you know, you know started on Tuesday, and then you do the wrap-up show on Friday, and then you go to the week, for the weekend, you actually go, to, uh, go home and rest? <laughs> Any year now. <laughs> I bet you it seems like you're you're putting something together like this. So it's just you two that, that do this whole, that set up this whole thing, isn't it? Well, we're the, we're the main people on it. We actually have four close friends of ours that are also Jeepers that sit on our board. And we don't make any decisions without them. And they're kind of our lifeline. Anytime we're having problems, they help us organize this. And it takes us a full 11 to 12 months to, to schedule this and, and to get everything going. So as soon as this one ends, we'll start planning on the, on the next one. Well, I remember that's how it was last year. I mean, I think I just got home and I started seeing uh, posts from you guys about, uh, you know, 2020. And I'm going, holy crap, you go to rest five minutes. So, you know, hats off to you because I think I would have uh, sat back and uh, thought, wow, this one turned out so well. I'm just going to sit here and pat myself on the back for a little while. But not you guys. You guys got started on next year. And we've already got our date set for 2021 as well. All right. Well, let's not let's not confuse people <laughs> <laughs> by giving them too many dates. But this year, it's March 20 and 21st, 20th and the 21st. So really not that far away, uh, a little over a month. So this is uh, plenty of time so that if you're not in the Houston area, you still have time to make plans and, and come out and uh, be at this event. Now... You guys, I was surprised about how big this thing was last year because it was the first event. Uh, about how many Jeeps did you have last year? We had a little over 600 Jeeps show up last year. And uh, <laughs> they were all, I think they were all JKs and JKUs. I don't think there was any JLs out there. I don't think they were out at that time. Uh, maybe, maybe they were. I don't remember. But uh, there was like uh, two Jeep Cherokees, and I, mine was one of them. <laughs> But they were there, we, damn it. Oh, yeah. We uh, we welcome every Jeep make and model. And we welcome anybody without a Jeep as well. Sure. I can understand that. You just have to park somewhere else. Right. <laughs> so, now, th- that brings up an, an interesting thing that I was wondering about. Uh, last year, it was this kind of open parking uh, where it was a large field and uh, people just parked there. Has, some, has anything changed on the parking? I seem to remember something how... Uh, there was, uh, and I think it was free parking. Has anything changed as far as the parking goes? 
we are charging for parking this year. It's $5 and it all goes back to one of our charities. Uh, but we are, we are trying to keep all the Jeeps together in one area. Uh, that way everybody can mingle and talk and everything else. So, uh, and, and this is going to be in the same facility that it was in last year? Yes, sir. And uh, now you've got more going on this year. Give, give the folks the, uh, an idea about what kind of vendors and what kind of events you're going to be having. It's, it's going to be crazy this year. We have <laughs> vendors from all over the U.S. Uh, JTOPS USA, Yokohama is going to be there, Spiderweb Shades, CMM, Dirty Acres, uh, Crawl Her, Jeep and Jewelry, Hammerhead. It, it, the, list, the list goes on and on. Uh, well, I'm, I, please, if you got more to tell us, we'd love to hear it. Uh, Texas Truck Works is joining us again. Uh, Addictive Auto Works is going to be there. Um, Rock Crawler, R Tech. Uh, we're adding people every day. That's uh, excellent. So, uh, are, do you actually have to go and, and, and talk to these people, or are they contacting you wanting to be part of the event? Well, Ever since we started traveling, we've met a lot of people all over the U.S., and we've gotten to be really close friends with some of them. And the Jeep community is, is a very tight-knit community, especially with the vendors, and they they help each other out, and they make or break a show. Oh, absolutely, because uh, uh, that's one of the things. I mean, it's always good to be able to see the, the Jeeps and stuff that are there and, and, and interact with the Jeep people, but it's nice to see the goodies, the, the things that you can buy and put on your Jeep. Of course, everybody loves that aspect of it, so having the vendors there is, is very important. Now, uh, you guys are going to have, is it a show and shine that you, that you call it, where you, uh, you, you take your Jeep out there and you get it uh, uh, reviewed and uh, maybe get a, a, a trophy for it? So this year on Saturday, which is the, the big day for the event, we're doing the show in Shine, which is sponsored by JTOPS USA. We're going to have a lot more Jeeps this year. We have a lot more categories and a lot more trophies. Excellent. So now if somebody like myself uh, bought a show and Shine ticket, uh, do I still have to get a, a parking ticket? Or in a, in, is, there, is there another thing that I need to buy? Or do I just show up with my, my uh, show and Shine ticket and I'm, and I'm good? So with the show and shine entry, you get parking pass, you get two adult passes, a one event shirt, and you that's it's good for Saturday only. Excellent. I, I, I'm set then. <laughs> Definitely. So it was so funny. Last year, I bought a, a huge uh, sticker and uh, spent the, the night before the event. I, I got the sticker for my Jeep specifically to take out, uh, out to this Lone Star Jeep Invasion, the first annual one. And uh, I, I put the sticker on there, and I went out there, and I parked in the field, and it wasn't until later I thought, what a dumbass. I should have done the show and shine, so if nothing else, people could have enjoyed my four-foot-by-four-foot four sticker on my Jeep. So I didn't forget this year. So that's <laughs> I'm going to be out there and uh, sitting there with my Jeep, and uh, uh, we'll have a lot of uh, Jeep Talk Show stickers that we can hand out to anybody that uh, wants to come by. And uh, you know, it, even if you come by and go, Jeep talk show. What's that? You'll get a sticker. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now the, the goal of this, I was, I was thinking the goal of this was to get a bunch of Jeepers together, but you guys are actually doing uh, things for the community with, with this event. So uh, of course we read uh, earlier last year that you had uh, 8,500 to local charities and over 1,650 pounds of food to local food shelters. What are you guys uh, doing this year? Well, this year we've partnered up with camp hope, um, and also Guns to Hammers, both are veteran uh, foundations. 
uh, the Camp Hope Foundation is for PTSD. Uh, it houses American soldiers that are suffering from, from that condition. Uh, Guns to Hammers, they take and remodel houses for wounded vets. That way, you know, in case they need a door widened or anything like that, they'll, they'll make sure that these guys are taken care of. Uh, they took care of us, and uh, they will definitely take care of the future. Excellent. Yeah, I agree with that. I love those uh, those type of things because Lord knows our government doesn't uh, do enough for the uh, soldiers that go out there and put their lives on the line. So uh, I'm, I'm glad you guys are doing that. So uh, we got more vendors. We've got uh, a bigger and better uh, show and shine this year. Um, you know, there was a big hill uh, that looked like somebody had piled up a, a dirt about 100 feet up in the, uh, the in the air, and people were driving their Jeeps on there. Is that hill still there? Is that going to be an event, like a, a roll up and a roll down sideways? <laughs> All I can tell you right now is we have something that we're working on. Okay, but you know what I'm talking about. You, did you yes, see sir, those? those people? I'm sitting there uh, in, the, uh, in the parking lot talking to people uh, next to my Cherokee, and I'm seeing these Jeeps drive up on this hill. And people were going, I don't think they're supposed to be doing that. <laughs> and I said, it's a Jeep event. They're in a Jeep. That's a big honking hill. You know it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anything happened. But it was it was funny because there was nothing. Uh, it was just a hill over there in the corner. So now if you guys have never been, uh, this, uh, this is actually in Conroe. Uh, is that correct, Keith? Correct. So uh, that's why we call it the Houston area or why I do. Uh, so it's in Conroe and it is a beautiful facility. Uh, I, I had no idea that they had things like this out in Conroe, uh, but it's a large, beautiful facility and, uh, the other roads are paved, uh, even though we parked in the, uh, in the grassy area. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much fun would it be if it was, uh, if it was really rainy the night before, then we'd have a lot of fun out in that field, wouldn't we? Yeah. Knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> So tell us a little bit about, a little bit about Jeep and Jewelry. I think you named uh, one of those, uh, that, that being one of the vendors that's going to be out there. How did uh, you guys get into Jeep and Jewelry? Well, we always, we always love to hop in the Jeep and go wherever. And, and we've been, like we said, coast to coast. Well, we figured everybody decorates their Jeeps and nobody decorates themselves. So we ended up coming across some jewelry that we made and, and, uh, five years ago, we started traveling with it, and it it warped us into this crazy world. Now, what kind of? Uh, I mean, I can think that it might be have might be Jeep related type jewelry. Uh, if you can describe to the folks what kind of jewelry that is, is it is it Jeep related? I mean, uh, Every, spare tires we, and high lift jacks and that type of thing. Everything that we do is Jeep related. Um, all, earrings, bracelets, necklaces, shirts. Um, we also, we, we have CNC machines. We cut our own taillight oh, covers nice. and, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a crazy, uh, crazy journey. Now, if people wanted to see what you had uh, to offer, do you have a website or someplace that they can go see what, uh, what you sell? They can hit us up at jeepandjewelry.com. They can hit us up on Facebook and it's the letter N Jeep, the letter N jewelry.com. Okay. And we'll get that for the uh, for the show notes, so you can just go over to uh, jeeptalkshow.com and and get that exact uh, URL to sort of take you to the webpage. That is wonderful. So, uh, what am I missing? What what what's new for this year, uh, Keith? So this year we're starting everything off. Of course, our vendors are going to be loading in all day Thursday. And as much as we love our vendors, we want them to get to know all of our people before the show even starts. We're having a kickoff party. And that's at Bareback Bar and Grill 
on Thursday, March 19th from 7 p.m. till, eh, we'll say two. <laughs> yeah. Guesstimate, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <The> yeah. <laughs> and and that's, that's off of Kirkendall and Rhodes Road. The owner is a Jeeper. He's a nice guy. He's always taking care of the local Jeep groups and everything. And we like to take care of the, the Jeep owners and, and their businesses as well. So let's, let's uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to tell you about the Friday event as well. Um, the uh, main event Friday, is, or the start to the main event, is Friday noon to 6, and that's at the Lone Star uh, Convention Center. And uh, Friday night is our vendor party, vendor block party. All right. And uh, what, 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 what kind of, uh, what do you got planned for that night? Is it just... Uh uh do, do people bring food how does uh is there food there or the the vendor block party in downtown conroe is at the pacific yard house we're actually sectioning off a whole city block there oh wow morgan mckay is going to be on stage playing i don't know if you've ever heard any of her performance she performed at the last texans game and did amazing um it's sponsored by spiderweb shades uh cmm off-road rock crawler and jeep and jewelry Ah, that sounds like a blast. Okay, yeah, you did see Block Party. I, did, I just wasn't paying attention. Sorry. Um, so I was thinking it was kind of an uh, event where you go and sit down. So this is going to be more out, open air, uh, listen to the music, have a good time interacting with the folks around you. It's inside and outside. It's going to be a great time. If you've ever been to Pacific Yard House, it is an amazing place. All right, that's, that's Friday. So uh, tell us a little bit about what the, what action's happening Saturday. So Saturday is the second day of the show, but it's the main event. And it's it's at the Lone Star Convention Center. It's sponsored by Demontron Jeep. Uh, it starts at 10 a.m. and runs till 5 p.m. There's going to be lots and lots of raffle items, including a set of five 40-inch Yokohama tires that were donated to us. Now, now the, on the 40-inch tires, uh, should should the the person that is sure they're going to be winning those, should they bring a trailer so they can get them home? Is, is you going to actually have the forty inch tires there for them to take with them, or is it going to be a, a little certificate or something? Uh, the t- the tires will be there. They're more than welcome to put them in the back of my truck if, <laughs> if they want to. <laughs> and you and they can visit them anytime they like at your anytime house. Anytime they want. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's a lot of tire. <laughs> <laughs> is it a set of four or a set of five? It's a set of five. Yeah, there. You, now we're talking. Yeah, that's a good deal. There's a, all the vendors have uh, will have raffle items as well, uh, and then we're getting new raffle items every day. It's it's still in progress, folks. There's going to be all kinds of goodies out there. All right. So now I, I got to know. You know, I went for the first time last year, and in, in, in truth of fact, everybody was was there for the first time last year. And uh, uh, you know, you you go there, you're a little nervous about getting there. Where do I go? Where do I go after I park my Jeep? Where do I park my Jeep? Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Can you, can you walk people through what they will, would expect uh, to, when they're getting there for maybe the first time? Or, or maybe some of us that have been there for last year and then things have changed. Well, we will have signage up. So if you're in the show and shine, you'll, have, you'll go in one entrance and that will, be, that will be marked. If you're not in the show and shine and you're just going to park your Jeep, you'll be directed uh, by signage to the entry. And then you'll you'll go from there. There'll be different lines for people who already have their parking passes, which we've mailed out most of those already. Um, and then you can buy your parking pass there. We'll have a cash line and a credit or yeah, credit line. 
All right. So, of course, I'm going to be in the show and shine. So this is probably a question just for me. Now, we were talking about this a, a, a little bit ago and I wasn't quite clear. Now, I don't have a ticket to get into the show and shine. Am I going to have to park my Jeep in the, the regular parking and then get my ticket and then go back into the show and shine? How, how is that going to work? All entries into the show and shine will have a list at the entry for the show and shine. And all you have to do is is basically prove who you are and we'll show you where to park. We'll get you get your shirts and your parking tags at the show and shine registration. Ah, perfect. So now, now I feel a lot better. Now, last year, you know, you mentioned a couple of times here about you'll have signage up there to help direct people. I don't remember. Did you have signs up last year? I remember you had folks doing directing uh, like out into the field and answering questions. But uh, did you did, were, did you do signs last year, or is this a correction from uh, what you learned last year? We did do signs last year. Uh, we're probably going to make them a little bit bigger this year, though. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a way to learn about it. <laughs> oh, excellent! Uh, so now I heard something about a beer, something or another. What, what's going on with that? So this year, the Lone Star Convention Center is allowing us to put a beer garden on our fairgrounds. Uh, we are actually going to have Southern Star there, 11 below, and no label. We're still working on a couple others, but it's uh, so far that's what we got. Okay, so I'm not a beer drinker, so I don't know what a beer garden is. Is this something you had to plant after the show last year to, to have it ready for this year? Well, so we, we run a Jeep group called Hopton Cider, <laughs> and we travel as we travel and we hit breweries all over the U.S. And to us, since we do it as we, you know, basically as a hobby, it's not a habit. <laughs> you're not addicted. I understand what I'm you're saying. Addicted at all? <laughs> but no, the, these are all craft beers, and the these craft brewers basically make their own own variations of different beers, and they're going to be offering different beers at the beer garden. I got you. So it's really just a a place where you have various beers that you can uh, choose from. Uh, that would be Correct. what the beer garden is. Okay. And, and and are man buns optional for these craft beers? They are optional. <laughs> <laughs> you take you take your life in your own hands if you're in Conroe with a man bun. <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking around. Everybody's welcome. So uh, uh, even those uh, newer Cherokees are welcome, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Well, let's remind people about the, uh, the, the discounts for the one day and the two day passes again, Keith. So, for our one-day passes, if you give the code JTS151, you get 15% off your one-day pass. And if you give us the code JTS15, you get 15% off your two-day pass. So, the two-day pass would be for Friday and Saturday, and the one-day pass would be just for Saturday? Correct. Or Friday. Or Friday. Oh, okay, so you can choose. Now, where, they're, where are they going to use these discount codes at? Is that going to be the Lone Star Jeep Invasion site? Correct. That's on our site, and that promo code is good until March first. Oh, that's a, that's an important thing to tell uh, tell folks. So you can't wait until the the, the week of the thing or the, the day of. You need to go over there uh, uh, before March first. LoneStarJeepInvasion.com, and then uh, but you know I would I would assume you put this in at, at checkout or something. Correct. And then uh, go over there and uh, JTS one five one. Uh, 15% off a one-day pass, and that can be uh, a Friday or Saturday. And JTS 15 for a 15% off the two-day passes, which, of, of course, is a, a much better deal. And I think you need to go out there both Friday and Saturday and uh, support all this wonderful stuff 
that uh, Keith and Andrea are doing. And, and you know, I just want to tell you, uh, uh, Keith and Andrea, I know, I know you're listening there in the background. Thank you so much. I, I've had my Jeep for over 20 years, and there has never been an event in the in this area. Dallas, sure, any place you want to drive four and five hours away, there, there's been events, I'm sure. But nothing here in the Houston area, and I really appreciate it as a Jeeper having something local that I can go to. It was a lot of fun last year, and uh, I was looking forward to the, this year. Uh, before that event was even over. So thank you so much for your, your tireless work and uh, to the other members that are helping you out. Yes, we really appreciate all the people that have helped us out. We appreciate the volunteers we had last year. Uh, we will appreciate any volunteers we get this year. Hint, hint. Uh, <laughs> how, well, real quick, how do people contact you for, to, to volunteer? They can contact us at info at LoneStarJeepInvasion.com or hit us up on Facebook. Um, we're, we're still hitting a bunch of events uh, before then, and we still have a lot of meetings and stuff to go to. We're, we're, getting, we're getting people registered from all over right now, Colorado, Louisiana, all over Texas. So if you want to volunteer for this event, please let us know, and we would be very gracious for your help. All right, folks, Lone Star Jeep Invasion coming up on March 20th and 21st. That's this year, 2020. And uh, we've given you discount codes. We've talked about how you get there uh, as far as getting parking and all the vendors that are going to be there and the giveaways. Bring your trailer if you're going to be winning those uh, 40-inch, uh, uh, what is it, Toyo tires. So was it Toyo or Yokohama? I'm, I'm bringing Yokohama. Yokohama. So I should have gone with my uh, my gut. Those 40-inch Yokohama tires, a set of five of them, folks. you got to get out there, and uh, please go. Uh, and we're going to be there Saturday. Jeep Talk Show is going to be there Saturday. And if you want a sticker, I'll be happy to give you one. Uh, but I, actually, I think I better order some because uh, uh, 600 Jeeps last year, I bet you guys have 1,200 Jeeps this year. How many, how many Jeeps do you think you can park out there? Uh, well, we have a lot of area to park, and uh, you know, Jeeps, if we have to park on top of one another, we'll do that, too. <laughs> you know, it was full. It was full last year. I couldn't believe it was a sea of Jeeps that uh, my, my, my poor little Cherokee was surrounded by, but <laughs> it was it was an amazing thing to see. I'm lo- really looking forward to this year. Keith, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, and maybe we can get a little update uh, from you uh, here in uh, a couple of weeks uh, uh, when we get closer to the event. That would be great. So I mentioned last week that Andrea had broken her ankle and uh, was hoping she would be all healed up before uh, the the event that's coming up. And uh, she looks like she's progressing. I think she had uh, either had or is about to have a second surgery. I was going to say she was staring on the barrel of two surgeries uh, last week, and last I, I don't know week, if she'd already yeah. had had one and was looking at another, or was had two more to go. But yeah, I mean, yeah, just horrible, horrible situation. Yeah, then all this happened, uh, you know, uh, after the uh, the big Jeep event, and right, of course, right before this, I actually told Keith in an email that uh, six months prior to the Lone Star. Uh, uh, G- uh, Jeep invasion for next year. She can't climb up on anything higher than two inches. I think she did it on purpose. <laughs> oh she no, she didn't want to be a part of this. No, no, no. Like, she's the heart me and into soul. This and I don't want to be a part of it. And I'm, this is what I'm going to do. You drag me into this Jeep event. You're going to she is the ankle. There you she go. She is the puppet master. Keith is the puppet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Keith. Uh, big thanks for coming on the show and spreading the word about the Lone Star Jeep Invasion. That is the event that Tony's going to be at. Uh, so be, sh- be sure if you are anywhere within driving distance of Conroe, Texas, you get your butt out there and bug Tony at this event. 
And, uh, and of course, uh, Keith and, and Andrea, speedy recovery uh, with Andrea's ankle injury. Hopefully everything all works out with that. Yeah, speedy recovery. And of course, if you have an idea for a guest, we would love to hear about it. And if you work in the off-road industry, please reach out to us. We would love to have you on the show. Maybe you know somebody who works in the off-road industry, or maybe just you would like to be, like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show to tell your own Jeep story. Everybody's got one. We definitely would like to hear yours. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your ideas for our next great guest. Who knows? It could be you. You know, I can't believe I, I I know I have this someplace. It's not it's not on the board. I need a, no, uh, a toilet I flush. No, I have made an intro yet. I know, I know. <laughs> no, I need a toilet flush thing because I could go newbie nuggets, newbie nuggets with Wendy. That's, that's horrible. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> Comedy gold, Josh. Comedy gold. <laughs> well, anyway, here's Wendy. Hey guys, this week on Newbie Duggets, we're going to start the process of where do you start? The first tip I want to give is never go alone. I know you're excited to get out there, but honestly, you should travel with another vehicle. That way you can learn from others' experience. But if you get into trouble, you have help. And really, that's important. Wouldn't want you to get yourself in a particular situation and have no way to get out of it. That would mean a long walk home. So bring a buddy. The second tip today is trails are rated for difficulty from easy to intermediate to difficult. Here in Southern California, the trails have three designations, a green circle if it's easy, a blue square if it's an intermediate or medium trail, and a black diamond for the more difficult and sometimes the most sought after trails. Other areas in the country may use a numbering system of one to five with five being most difficult for their ratings. Other areas in the country may use a numbering system of one to five with five being most difficult for their ratings. Tony and Josh, how are the trails in your areas rated? Uh, mine are rated by dead armadillos. So if you see uh, an armadillo <laughs> like you would see on, on the side of the road in Texas, if you see one armadillo, then it's uh, a mild trail. Five armadillos is either a, a difficult trail or a buffet. Oh, my gosh. How about <laughs> yeah, you, Josh? See, <laughs> out, out here in the Northwest, uh, they make you do math. It's all about geometry <laughs> oh, out here. So oh, it's, uh, oh, no. i got to stop and do a math problem. <laughs> It's uh, green circles and uh, and blue squares and black diamonds uh, and that sort of thing. It's very much okay. like uh, how ski resorts do a lot of their ski trails. Yeah, same thing. Well, if you're new to if you're brand new to driving, I'd suggest easy to intermittent trails to start out and definitely with another Jeep buddy. But don't be discouraged. If you want to try the black diamond, go with an experienced Jeeper and learn. And by the way, there is nothing wrong if you're unsure about your ability or you are not willing to break or scratch your new Jeep. Don't take risks if you're not ready. The third tip is when you and a fellow Jeeper or group head out, the next thing I would advise is to get out of the Jeep. I know it sounds funny. I've been encouraging you to get in the driver's seat. And now I'm saying get out of the seat. When you do get to an obstacle, the best thing you can do for yourself is get out of the Jeep and watch others. Hopefully, you get the chance to watch how each of the Jeeps picks their lines through the obstacle. It's such a great learning experience to watch. Now, some things to look for. How did the Jeep make it through? Was it easy? Did they struggle? Or what exactly happened? How did their rear tires track in relation to the front tires? How did their tires grip? Did they air down enough? All these things we'll be discussing in future episodes. But this isn't just a watch and see moment. It's a beginning lesson on how and why that Jeep took that line, what worked and what didn't. Driving through your first obstacle is such a thrill and that accomplishment you'll feel is huge. 
So, Tony, how was it? How did you feel when you were out with us on that next entire event? You drove through those obstacles. Man, it was honestly just the scenery was just so amazing to me. Uh, the the weather was wonderful. Uh, a fat boy wasn't having to sweat. So if it's beautiful scenery and I'm not sweating, I'm doing pretty good. But uh, but it was it was a lot of fun. I got to get in a TJ that was lifted uh, with the I think they had 37 inch uh, Nexon yes. uh, tires on that, and it was lifted so high. Combination of the tires and the Jeep lift itself. I, I literally had to figure out a way to get in in the Jeep, and uh, once I got in there, I didn't want to get out. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was a blast, absolute blast. And the way that thing was set up, uh, I was I was uh, really mostly I was having looking at everything and having a conversation uh, with Paul uh, from Nexon. And it was just like driving down the freeway. Now, when we got on John Bull, I had to pay attention. I had to uh, watch what your instructions were, but. Mm-hmm. It, it, not scary, uh, but I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's a lot less scary whenever you're not going to roll your own Jeep. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. It's always nice to have that experience, but it is something that makes you feel really of an accomplishment when you get through some of the obstacles. Okay. Now on to my first Jeep experience as promised. We talked about last week calling in and giving us your suggestions and talking about your first experience. So here goes mine. I'd never been in a Jeep off-roading before when I started, and my image of off-road was a dirt road, fairly maintained, that you traveled on when you lived in the boonies. So when my husband said, let's go see what the Jeep can do, I had images of that dirt road and said, (laughs) okay. Well, for those of you in Southern California who know the area, we drove to Cougar Buttes. That's Johnson Valley, home of King of the Hammers races. It's full of rocks, but not like you saw in Big Bear, Tony. These rocks are long, tall, full-faced with steep inclines. There are wedges and off-camber stuff that's awesome if you're into crawling. So you need to put this on your list if you haven't visited Cougar Buttes before. So we drove to the first obstacle called Cakewalk. Sounded good to me. I like cake. (laughs) Cake. (laughs) Cake. I love cake. I got out to watch the first part of the obstacle. The rock face was sheer, but it seemed doable. The Jeep looked like it was going to fall off, but of course it didn't. When we got to the last part of this obstacle, we approached a four-foot ledge, V-shaped rock wall. Now, I've been driving cars since I was 16, and I've been told that all four tires should stay on the ground, and that all tires and vehicles do not crawl up a rock face. As we got closer to the obstacle, my brain started to remind me of the laws of physics. Now, you would have thought there was a hornet's nest that I discovered in the back seat because I shot out of that Jeep as fast as anybody could. <laughs> the fear in my brain at that moment convinced me that the Jeep was going to fall backwards and land on its top. I was certain that my husband forgot about the law of physics and was completely crazy for suggesting this. But seriously, had you been in the Jeep behind us, you would have seen me shoot out like a cannonball. I'm sure it was hilarious to watch. Now, of course, I watched the Jeep perform beautifully, climb up over the rocks like it's supposed to, and then I climbed up the wall myself like a billy goat and got back in the Jeep. I did breathe a sigh of relief that all was okay. The best part was that it was the first time I got to see what Jeeps can do, and it really helped change my brain. And of course, today, I don't have the hornet's nest of the Jeep anymore. Thank goodness. So, if you're new to driving, you probably won't bolt out of your Jeep like I did, but remember that it's okay to get out and watch, it's okay to try new things, and it's okay to learn as you go. You can view some great videos on our YouTube channel, Jeep 4-1-1, with lots of tips and tricks. Um, 
Next week, we'll continue with more newbie nuggets and we'll hear Tony or Josh's first jeeping experience. You guys have to think about that so we can go ahead and do that. So are you a newbie or maybe you remember something important you learned when you first became a jeeper? Reach out and let me know your newbie story. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find a ways to contact us. Now, Wendy, I can't help but having a flashback from your story where you shot out of the Jeep like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because something similar happened uh, to my wife and I. My wife was the oh. one that, that shot out like that. But sadly, that was on our wedding night. So oh. <laughs> it wasn't Jeep related. Uh, so, you know, there you go. You, you know, it was really funny because I, I thought, oh, how this isn't going to be that hard. It's on a dirt road. Oh, That's course. what you do. Yeah. I didn't know. You know, being new, sometimes if you're not exposed to that world, and we, we've been off-roading with quads and things, but I hadn't put the two together and didn't quite understand how that was going to work. But literally, when I saw that wall, and here's the Jeep, and my brain's going, uh, this doesn't work this way. This is never going to work. And I couldn't even allow myself to think how that was going to happen until I physically saw it. So really important to get out and watch some of the obstacles really great way to learn if you're new to get mm -hmm. out and watch what is happening it's so important so i think anyway. I, what, what i like best about this story was there was no uh warnings bill gave you he just went to the vertical no. wall <laughs> no he just said let's just go i mean he of course he's been off-roading his whole life so this was nothing for him i'm sure he was wondering what the heck happened to me as i shot out of there where'd you go oh, <laughs> you're gonna miss real, the fun <laughs> yeah, it's a real funny story today. Not so much in my brain that moment, but anyway, so. But it's, it's exciting. That's the that, yeah. that's the great thing about going off-road, especially doing the the rocks and stuff. It's exciting and it's amazing what a machine like that can do. Uh if yeah. if you know what you're doing or you're following your spotter. Yep, it's so important and really those Jeeps are so set up. I mean, it just grabbed that rock and just climbed up like it was nothing and then came on. It was just I don't know. It was really good to see, so. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And I uh, would like to apologize to uh, Wendy. I've never really properly welcomed her to the show. So uh, welcome, well, Wendy. Nice. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. I have so many questions for you. Uh, question one is, what do they call French toast in France? Do they just <laughs> call it our toast? Uh, and toast. if I cuss in France... Do I have to say, pardon my English? And also, if I have somebody bound and gagged in my trunk, can I still use the carpool lane? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, au revoir. That's uh, redneck French for chat at you later. Have a good one. Bye. Oh, Wendy, uh, you've that been officially, great. yeah, you've been officially Nikki G'd. I feel so welcome. Thank you, Nikki G. <laughs> really appreciate the comments. <laughs> we'll send you the right pills. The rash will clear up soon. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's much like the coronavirus. Uh, can't, we can't joke about that yet, right? It's too soon? Might too be soon. a little bit, Tony. I don't <laughs> you must have needed this every day. I need it! It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. Now, I was originally not going to do that this week because we had a uh, uh, pick of the week for your Jeep uh, last week. And ordinarily, we kind of skip weeks and, and stuff with this. But I, I have a feeling that we're going to have 
a rather big show next week. Um, a lot of chatting and talking. And so <laughs> yeah, I figured, all right, we're probably going to go ahead and want to get this out of the way now. And this isn't necessarily time sensitive or anything like that, but uh, it's just one of those things I thought, ah, why not? Let's throw it in. Now, back when I was a paper boy, I mean, it was like every 11-year-old kid's dream to have a set of what we called chromies on his bike. Those old school chrome valve stem covers were about as close to the coveted bling as we could get back then. Of course, today you can get valve stem covers that strobe in 256 colors as you drive down the street and spell ex expletives via Bluetooth for them basic bitches on the sidewalk to read. And honestly, if that's what you're after, then more power to you. But there really is some flashy stuff out there you can get for pretty much next to nothing. But me? Well, I prefer function over form. Today, I'm not delivering papers, and my bike is now a Jeep. And if you've listened for a while, you know my old saying, Chrome won't get you home. So on my Jeep's wheels, I've got something less coveted and a lot more functional than anything. But yeah, they look pretty cool too. Now they come in anodized black or silver and they have a knurled barrel design giving them excellent traction for your fingers, even with gloves on. I've been rocking a set of these black anodized valve lock heavy duty tire valve stem covers for the better part of five years or more. And it's pretty much because they plain and simply work. And I mean, no matter what. The link we'll have uh, in the show notes for this episode will get you a 10-pack of these things, and that's enough to do two Jeeps and their spare tires. The reason these things are way better than those plain old plastic caps is twofold. First, they come with an airtight rubber O-ring seal. This provides an enhanced seal to prevent air leakage of any kind and to properly keep out dust, dirt, grime, and road debris. That's the most important part. Secondly, they have a proper stem fit instead of a universal stem fit. ValveLock offers the best tire valve caps available today because every piece is custom designed to lock on tight for a firm fit you can trust, and I'm going to back that up. Every time I go out to air down or air back up, these things are on just as tight as I put them on before, with zero back off, 100% sealage, and that's even after an entire day in the rocks as well. So, for less than 8 bucks for two Jeeps worth of something cool, well, that's a win-win in my book. Thank God there's 10 of them. I was just going to bitch. I was looking here and I couldn't see if it, where it said. I, I didn't see it in the title. I missed it in the title, I should say. And I was, I was going to bitch about why do these things always come in fours? People uh -oh. have fours <laughs> and you, know, you have a spare tire and then you got to yeah. buy another set. Now you've got three left over. This is the way to do it, man. 10 yeah, pack. It really is. Yeah, for eight yeah. less than eight bucks. Yeah. So yeah, these That's things are really cool. That's super cheap. And I like that it seals because if you have a leaky stem Very or so. like get, get in the of course if you have a leaky stem, I guess it keeps the debris out of there. Uh, but uh, that's really cool. I like that. Uh, but uh, no LED options for this, then, I would think. I've, I've lost those plastic <laughs> caps on the trails before, and I go to air back up, and I've got to, like, literally dig sand and mud out oh, of my valve stem. Wow. Yeah, because I lost the plastic caps somewhere on the trail back there, you know? And so it's... It, I mean, I, if you're listening to this, can't, chances are you know somebody who's gone through the exact same sort of thing. It's time to air back up or it's time to air down and you got a bunch of crap in your valve stem cover or in your valve stem because the cover's gone. Uh, so this prevents that. I, like I said, I've been rocking these things for at least five years if I've had them for a day. So, I mean, and, and they've never backed off. I've never had one that's been, wow, that's kind of loose on there. Only a couple of threads. That's weird. Never anything like that. And uh, I just, I swear by these things. And it's one of those little tiny things that you take for granted. You don't even really ever think about it. Um, but it's, you know, it's one of those other things you can personalize your Jeep and add a little bit of performance as well. At least as far as valve stem covers go. These are great. They're cheap. You've used them. So we know uh, we have a, a person that actually knows what the quality is. 
Uh, I, I just got to re- remind you that we had a, a off mic conversation about only promoting things that come in red. So that's the <laughs> that's the negative thing that I can I, I see. I was wondering when that was coming. I was just <laughs> I, waiting. I the minute say, you I, said I, color, I, I'm like, oh, here we go. Red has to be one of them. <laughs> there are some ones that look very similar to these that don't have the, the the tight fit technology. They don't have the O-rings in them, but they come an entire rainbow of colors. So if you want purple, oh. you want yellow or red or you know, there you go. blue, you know, they've got them out the there too. There's gonna parts. be Yeah, well, they're just probably not going to perform as well as these do, so I'll just keep that in mind. Well, now that you must have a set of these valve lock heavy-duty valve stem covers for your very own, we're going to make it easy for you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the link in the show notes for episode 425. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear a little bit about some events that are happening in your hometown and around the nation in Wheeling, where... Well, I see we have uh, a fourth chair set up, uh, but th- that's going to be next week for uh, for Tammy. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be uh, filling the campfires. I said here, uh, having everybody around. Going to be a full that's crew, be, that's for sure. It's going to be, be a fun. yeah, it'll be fun. Well, let, let's talk tires real briefly here. Now, everybody's running a set of tires. Chances are, I mean, I, Tony, I know you're on your second, third, maybe even fourth set of tires since you've owned your Jeep. Wendy, I'm sure you've gone through a couple few sets uh, yep. since you've been a Jeeper. I've gone through multiple sets in my life as well. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be here probably in the next year or two looking at stepping up into 35s and uh, possibly even stepping into a different uh, tire brand altogether. Um, I've never really stuck with one brand or another. There's uh, brands that I like. There's brands that I don't like for my own personal reasons, uh, just the stuff that I've seen out on the trails, um, tires that perform and tires that don't perform in my region. And that's a lot of what it comes down to with tire selection is what's going to perform with the terrain that you have available that you typically wheel on and stuff like that. But that being said, tire selection comes down to a number of other factors. But I want to talk about what would it take for you to switch your tire type. Look, I'm a mud terrain guy as the day is long. I believe in mud terrains. I like specific kinds of mud terrain tires. And for the kind of wheeling and driving that my Jeep does, it's just the best selection for me. So what would it take for me to switch from mud terrains to something like an all-terrain or even a highway tire, God forbid, uh, for on my <laughs> Jeep? I know, I know. But look, everybody's got their own sort of flavor or something like that. I mean, it could be anything from a life event to moving to a new area. I mean, if I moved like out of the Northwest to a desert region like, you know, Arizona or Texas or, you know, some, somewhere like that where it's a lot more arid or I don't see as much rain or I never see any snow, chances are I might switch a tire type. I don't know. It's going to really kind of depend on what happens when I get down there, what kind of terrain I see and that sort of stuff. Maybe there's a health reason and I can't bounce on the rocks anymore because my spine is falling apart or something like that. <laughs> so the only kind of wheeling that I'm ever going to do again is going to be on the sand, you know, something like that. I don't know. There's going to be all kinds of factors that would have me switching to a different tire from like a mud terrain to something like an all terrain or something else. So I want to talk with you guys real briefly, what it would take for you to switch to a different tire. Well, of course I have, uh, in a way I, I switched brands. Um, the, uh, when I was doing research to, uh, upgrade my, uh, suspension system and of course, but larger tires, on my XJ many years ago, the, the, the brand to get was the uh, BF Goodrich uh, tires. And, of course, uh, there was a lot of people using all-terrains, and I considered that. But uh, the, uh, in my 1983 Chevy pickup that I had, of course, it was mud terrain. And to me, mud terrain says off-road. Now, back in those days, I was doing mud in the, in the truck because that's what you did. 
But, you know, with the Jeep, you really don't have to do that. So I'd actually considered getting an AT uh, tire for my uh, Jeep, but I just really liked the look of the mud terrain. So that's what I went with. And I think I've I've had three sets of uh, BFG tires, uh, 32s and 33s. Uh, but recently I was going to, I was coming to the end of the life of, uh, of my third set and I was going to go ahead and replace it with ATs because we have some BF, uh, BF Goodrich uh, AT 33 inch uh, AT tires on my wife's TJ and it rides so nice. Now she's never going to see off road time in her Jeep. So it was a perfect choice and it's so smooth and so nice. And I, it's a daily driver. I was really going to get the AT. But I saw a video from uh, Brad over at Trail Recon, and, and he was actually doing some uh, testing on the rocks with uh, ATs and mud terrains. And I didn't realize it. It makes perfect sense now. The mud terrain actually is better for crawling on the rocks because you have those mm-hmm. gaps and mm-hmm. uh, the, all the other stuff. So I thought to myself, hey, I got a reason to stick with the mud terrains now. <laughs> so uh, when I uh, after going out to California with the Nexon event, and hearing uh, all these uh, folks, including Wendy, uh, talk uh, so uh, great about the Nexon tires, I had to have a set, and, and they're still running great. I, I do need to uh, rotate them so I can not have a perfect spare tire uh, in, in three years. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But it, and it's very smooth, and that's what I was looking for in the AT. So at, at least, um, I, and I guess I've had them since um, October, so they're still relatively new. But they still are very smooth. I take my foot off the gas, and it's it feels like the Jeep's engine has died. It's so it sounds so like sounds like Tony for you the the ultimate decision was almost ride quality for yes. you to switch from a mud terrain to an all terrain or or vice versa. In, in in this case, you know you were considering going to an all terrain from having I mean, three generations of mud terrains. Uh, you know that that's a big move. That's a big decision. And for something like ride quality, I mean, I didn't even mention that uh, in my in my list of, of you know available reasons, you know, possible reasons uh, to make that sort of decision. It makes sense though. Uh, a lot of mud terrains, and especially um, mud terrains of yesteryear, they had older technology. The compounds weren't as uh, as consistent. Uh, you got um, hard balancing issues uh, and poor ride quality, and obviously poor wearing as well, which right. even compounded the ride quality as well uh, with harmonics and and flat spots and, and all kinds of other stuff. So. Um, yeah, that definitely makes sense. Now, going to you, Wendy, um, I don't know a whole lot about your wheeling history, what sort of tires you've had under your Jeep over the years, or any stu- uh, sort of stuff like that. So I really don't know what your preferences are, what your favorites are, or what it would take for you to switch from something that you've you know tried and true that you like to go with to something completely different. Well, it's kind of interesting. We first got our pre-dented Jeep. It had uh, ATs on it, and we thought, wow, this is really great. Well, stiff sidewall, didn't do so well on the trail, a lot of slippage when you had water. We quickly changed into a um, mud terrain, and now we're in our third, I guess it would be our third set of tires um, with the next tire with the mud terrain. And I'm not sure there's any event that I could think of that would make me change out of them now because of that, like Tony said, the Ride quality is good, so we are driving for a daily driver, but really it's how it performs. So if I had to make a change, I think I would have to stop jeeping. <laughs> like I wouldn't give up <laughs> these tires at this point, right? So for me, that's just what, you know, we're, what we've seen. We've already made those changes and already kind of had to make the, the switch. So, Oh, Josh, I thought I'd mention this. There's one thing that, uh, that you didn't mention, uh, mm-hmm. cost. So there actually mm-hmm. can be a reason to switch to a road tire. 
That uh, is true. Really, just if you can't afford the mud terrains, because mud terrains are very expensive. The AT uh, the ATs aren't aren't too far behind either. So uh, I could even see that being an option uh, that you'd have to go down just simply because you need to get back and forth to where you're going and you don't have uh, $1,500 to spend on tires. Well, I think like Josh said too, it really depends on what is that life change or what changes that you had to make. Mm-hmm. Um, do you really have to get out of the tire you have? Can it work with the new environment that you're in? Or is it a cost thing? Hey, it's time to upgrade to tires. That could be a huge um, challenge on that, but there's a lot of different videos out. There's a lot of different testing. I know on our um, Jeep 411, there is uh, actual tire testing that Don Alexander did. So you can actually see and compare uh, four or five brands that he did. It's it's really interesting. So do some research before you, you make those decisions. Very well put. And in fact, there's uh, something that's going to make that decision even harder nowadays. In the last few years or so, uh, there's been several tire manufacturers who have come out with an actual, uh, uh, an in-between class of tire. I'm going to call it an aggressive all-terrain. The B, uh, the BF Goodrich all-terrains kind of almost fit yeah. in that category. You know, they're kind of at the bottom end of that, you know, uh, as more of an all-terrain than than a mud terrain. Uh, but like the Goodyear Wrangler Duratrax, for instance, those are a perfect example of a hybrid between a mud terrain and an all-terrain tire, making it very hard to, you know, kind of blurs that line between all-terrain and mud terrain, you know, and, and now there's not a, as a definitive uh, difference between the two tires. Now we've got this this sort of gray area where we've got these these hybrid tires where they, they kind of give you the best of both worlds. So uh, maybe you don't have to decide. Maybe there's never going to be a time when you have to give up something like, you know, traction for ride quality or something like that, as we clearly see tire technology improving over the years and offering things like these hybrid uh, tires where you get the best of both worlds in that case. So... Uh, but interesting information. I'm glad you guys had chimed in on this sort of stuff, and uh, I'm sure our listeners will uh, find that information uh, at least maybe hopeful, hopefully a little bit helpful. Now, how would you like to join in on the campfire side chat? We'd sure like to have you. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways you can reach out to us, join in on the fun. We'd sure like to have you here on the show. I think this is the perfect day to take the top off. Oh, what the heck is this? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Maybe you should have checked the Jeep weather with Mitch. Hey Jeeper, Mitch here. Today is 21st of February 2020. It's time for your weekend going topless Jeep weather report. Listener, I have a confession to make. I'm not a fan of basketball and the only football game that I watch of my own choice is the Army-Navy game. Go Army! I love baseball, enjoy hockey, IndyCar racing, hunting, fishing, and a few obscure sports. You know, probably playing on the Ocho, to include Highland Games and Temper Sports. So for this week's topless jeeping weather, I decided to take you to a few big spots for the last two sports. First is Pleasanton, California, where one of the largest clan gatherings, Highland Dance, Music, and most importantly, Highland Games takes place every Labor Day weekend. Cloudy all weekend, and 73 Friday, 65 Saturday, and 63 on Sunday. The largest Highland Games of the Northeast U.S. takes place in Lincoln, New Hampshire. Here, like at most games and gatherings, there's also lots of whiskey tastings. Maybe this will help you get brave enough to take that top off. This weekend, the weather won't be too tough to bear through. Mostly sunny with some cloud cover Friday 26, Saturday 35, and Sunday is 42. Next, go to Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island, Canada, where the Canadian Championship competition of timber sports will take place. This weekend, Charlottetown will be mostly sunny and 14 on Friday, 31 Saturday, and 36 on Sunday. 
In the U.S., one of the major qualifiers for Timber Sports takes place in Cherry Valley, New York. Go topless in a mostly sunny weekend. Friday will be 27, Saturday 34, and Sunday at last nipply 42 degrees. Don't forget to use the hashtag Jeep Talk Show on social media for us to see those pictures. If you have any suggestions or want to know your local Jeep weather in an upcoming episode, go to jeeptalkshow.com contact in order to find all the ways to get a message to me. I'm Mitch. It's always a great weekend to go topless if you're brave enough. Just go topless responsibly. Definitely want to be seeing those pictures from you guys using the hashtag, hashtag Jeep Talk Show on social media. And I uh, hope you guys are out there sharing those topless pictures. Uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, it's not that many months away from uh, uh, the, the weather getting better. Uh, Wendy, are you getting excited to uh, have your Jeep be topless? Uh, we don't necessarily go topless because the sun can be pretty intense out here, but, uh, oh, yeah. we definitely are Brutal. looking forward to nicer weather. I can tell you that. Do you do the you doors guys at least go or? doorless. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> you know, uh, part of it is we haven't, cause sometimes the Jeeps, it's actually, I'm going to admit this. Uh, I like the air conditioning. <laughs> I'm oh, going to yeah. be spoiled and, oh, you know, yeah. have the doors closed. So I know that's going to be a great topic for fireside chat one time, right? <laughs> Top, you know, doors <laughs> on or doors off. You said, when uh, you said you got to get out of the Jeep in your segment, I was thinking, but it's hot out there. I don't want to get out of my Jeep. I don't want to get out. It's too hot. Yeah. Um, but no, seriously, I mean, that's, no, you that's get just, out. Exactly. So I'm always the one getting out and spotting. It's like, wait a minute. Next time I'm in the Jeep, you're outside. That's why I always keep drawing the short straw. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now let's get to some events from around the world and maybe even in your neck of the woods. And be sure to let us know about an event that you are planning or are involved with. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and click and fill out our wheeling wear form. That's right. We got an official form for you to fill out that has all the information needed to uh, get the get the necessary information out to the masses, as it were. Coming up, we, we've talked about it before a couple few times, and we're going to talk about it again March 20th through the 21st. The big Lone Star Jeep Invasion happening at the Lone Star Convention Center in Conroe, Texas. Again, Tony is going to be at this event, so be sure that you are too. And coming up March 28th, I'm going to give you your pick of events through the Badlands Off-Road Adventures Clinic. These are the guys that are teaching people how to off-road, obviously doing some really good stuff out there with making sure people have a higher skill level out there. And you get your pick of either a self-recovery clinic or a wilderness first aid clinic. Both extremely valuable information. Uh, obviously, some great training out there. Both happening March 28th happening in Borrego Springs or in Gorman, California. For more information on these events or others, you can go ahead and check out the links uh, we'll give you in uh, the jeeptalkshow.com website for this episode. You know, I heard about this self-recovery clinic. Uh, I think it was on Dr. Phil. Oh, Tony. (laughs) Wait, it's going to be one of those kind of clinics? Hold on a second here. Well, I'm afraid it's time to pull off the trail, head back to the staging area, air up, and head on home. So until next week, be sure to help us get the word out about the Jeep Talk Show by telling your friends, family, and coworkers about us. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. No, no, no. We, we promise. We've done the research, and the data shows there is at least a 68.3% chance you will not get made fun of if you randomly tell complete strangers you listen to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast, the Jeep Talk Show. Such a tease. You had to do 68.3. Couldn't take it to, to the next number. 0.5. No! <laughs> even that is 69. <laughs> I'm guessing since 2010. 
Did you know there's more Jeep Talk Show that you're missing? To get it, just load the Jeep Talk Show app on your smartphone or tablet.